0: Welcome to Revved Up for Sunday, a lectionary podcast from St. Mark's Episcopal Church in New Canaan, Connecticut, uh, normally done by the clergy of St. Mark's, but this time one of the clergy and our digital missioner, Rob Schwartz, who's normally behind the camera. So great to have you with us today, Rob. Finally got me on this. And such an easy passage for you to join us on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Today, Jesus is calling his foremost disciple Satan and talking about the cost of discipleship, perhaps leading us to wonder why anyone would follow Jesus. So let's hear what today's passage has for us. (laughs) This is the 14th Sunday after Pentecost, and the passage is Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 through 28. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Okay, so Rob, Ooh. do you want to kick us off? What's going on here? Where are we sure. in the story? And and why would Peter and then Jesus be talking in this way?
1: Well, you know what I, I, I love about this part, especially in contrast to the last episode where, you know, it's who is who do people say the son of man is right? That's kind of where we left things. That's and, right, yeah. And Peter's Peter's got it. He's the one who kind of has the answers mm-hmm. there. And Jesus says, "Well, you're the rock on which I'll build my church." Yeah. And so we go from one passage where Peter's you know kind of right and high, he's the rock, and now he's the stumbling block. So, well said, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it it's um, it kind of makes me think of uh, was the Dunning Kruger effect. Have you ever heard of that? I don't think so. so. It's, no. If if you take like a, you know, a graph or whatever. And it basically shows how much knowledge you have of something and how much confidence you have in it. Uh, It's like sometimes when people get a little bit of knowledge, they're like, oh, I know just about all there is to it. And the graph kind of shoots up. Uh And then all of a sudden (laughs) something goes... Oh, wait, I don't actually know that much. And the graph suddenly drops straight back down. And over time, it slowly kind of makes its way back Uh up as they're learning. Fascinating. And so I kind of, when I read this, that's what I see with with Peter. He's like, oh, I've got this. And then (laughs) Jesus is like, well, do you really get what it means for me to be the Messiah? Right. Um, Yeah, so... (laughs)
0: Yeah, of course, what Peter seems to have in mind is a much more conventional idea of a Messiah, as was um, thought of by people of his culture and time, that the Messiah would be sort of a a warrior king who would kick out the bad guys who were keeping God's people from, you know, living the free and and happy, prosperous lives that they should. Um, And therefore, the king, the Messiah, would not uh, suffer and die at the hands of his enemies. But uh Jesus is saying this is exactly what's going to happen.
1: No, exactly. Yeah. And um and one of the things just before we hopped on here uh mm-hmm. that I was saying is you know we've got this 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 um this language of when we start to talk about Jesus talking about all the things that are going to happen to him um in between his his kind of predictions of what the Messiah has to endure mm-hmm. and uh and then his, his response to Peter kind of push him back on that. We get this kind of mirroring or this this parallel story that kind of goes back to Jesus' temptation in the That's wilderness right. yeah. with, uh, with the devil. You know, he's, he's tempted to, uh, you know, save his life by making food out yeah. of stones, lose his life by jumping off the highest point, mm-hmm. or he's tempted to kind of, if he'd give up, uh, you know, if he'll just follow the devil, he could have all the kingdoms of yeah. the world. And and so you know that's early on he's saying those are the things I'm pushing away because there's something bigger yeah it's not about me indeed and
0: uh oh that's good and
1: so you yeah. know when when uh, when Peter's coming in and saying well you can't do those things you know you can't you can't be killed and tortured and all of that he's saying well it's not about me yeah because there's something bigger at play that, here that's
0: very profound especially because it connects so beautifully to the second part where he's talking about the cost of discipleship but before we move on to that. um, yeah, you know, Jesus uh is being tempted in this in this passage. We we don't typically talk about it that way. The scriptures don't make that explicit. The the language of temptate t- excuse me, the language of temptation is not used in this passage, but because as you said so rightly that it Um, echoes, and certainly deliberately so, Jesus' temptation by the devil in the wilderness before he begins his ministry. Um, He says there, get away, Satan. He says here to Peter, get behind me, Satan, that this is a sort of temptation. That Jesus um, maybe, you know, we, we might imagine actually had a real opportunity to become the sort of Messiah that people like Peter hoped he would be. I mean, he's incredibly charismatic. He's powerful, he has a reputation as a healer. He's clearly a very strong leader. He's gathering a movement. And if he just maybe played along a little bit with the game uh, and, and the worldview of uh, those in power in his Jewish context, uh, perhaps the the groundswell of his movement would have propelled him to um, some you know political prominence, and he would have had the backing of, of the, the leaders and so on. We, we, we don't know. I mean obviously that's not what happened, but we do know that there were so many armed uh, insurrections. In the time of Jesus, 100 years before, 100 years after, that um, Jews like Jesus were taking up arms to try to reclaim sovereignty, independence from the Romans. Uh, maybe Jesus could have been that kind of leader. And uh, that's tempting, right? I mean, you know, glory, uh, uh, fortune and glory, as, as I don't know why that phrase is in my head from Indiana Jones and <laughs> in the, uh, in the Temple of Doom, but there it is, you know— um, this is a real temptation. Perhaps Jesus, we don't know if Jesus actually felt a pull in that direction, but nonetheless, when people are looking at you, when people, at least some number of people will do anything you say, follow you wherever you go, um, that if there are a few things in life that are more tempting than that, I think it's very significant that Jesus precisely at the point where people are saying, you are the son of God, you are the Messiah. He's like, well, I have to be killed. <laughs> you know, not only do I think I'm going to get killed, but I have to be killed. There's this language of, of necessity here. Yeah. The Son of Man must suffer and be killed, meaning that this is what he understands God's will for him to be in some sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, uh, you know, he's going from, uh, from, like, up here, and he's saying, oh, but all that has to fall away. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's astonishing. Uh, a, a man of, of principle and conviction, to be sure. Which um, to me is just so um, awesome and inspiring. Yeah, yeah. Well, and
1: and one of the things, um, one of the, the, you touched on it before when you were talking about his Jesus' response to uh, to the devil in the mm-hmm. wilderness, and Jesus' response to uh, to Peter here, and it sounds, you know, at face value, we might kind of hear the same thing. Um, yeah. but you made the point that he says to the devil, get away or mm-hmm. go away from me. Yeah. He says to Peter, get behind me. He doesn't mm. say like, forget you, man. Yeah. Um, and so by saying, get behind me, that's a follower, right? Yeah. Uh, he's he's saying like, and, and, and then he gets into, uh, you know, what is it? What does that's it really right. mean to follow me? Yeah. And so yeah. I, when I kind of really looked at that difference, I was like, oh, okay. Cause all of a sudden I'm like, wait, you just like held Peter up here and mm-hmm. now you're just saying you know, get out of my way, yeah. but he's really saying, what is it, you know, you have to be a follower. What does it mean to follow me? Yeah. And, and, um, one of the cool things I was, I was flipping through, uh, James. Oh, wow. That's cross what that book is. Yeah. And the, the lynching tree. Uh, fantastic book. That's
0: a classic. Uh, if if yeah.
1: anyone wants to, to read it sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, you know, thinking about, it's not easy for the the disciples. You know, they have these moments where sometimes they seem to get What's going on? And other times they're still like, "Oh, but you know, why do you have to do these things, Jesus?" Yeah. So many times, I have to go through this place. Why do you have to go through there? Uh, and here he's saying he has to go to Jerusalem, knowing what's going to happen. And it's kind of like, "Why? Why do you have yeah. to go there?" um And so I was skimming through this because there's a chapter on bearing the cross mm. uh, and all this, and and there was this great um excerpt here that he had about Martin Luther King, and uh, and if. If I could just read a quick for little it. thing, because I, I thought yeah. it was a really cool parallel. In the spring of 1968, Martin Luther King went to the city of Memphis to help resolve a bitter labor dispute with racial overtones. He did not go to Memphis to die, but in the hope he could help change people's minds there. Mm. As we all know, he was assassinated in the course of his visit, and many people look at his death as martyrdom. Though he had not gone there to die, and though his mind well may have been preoccupied with hopes for the future— rather than with the prospect of death, he had known very well for a long time that death was a constant possibility. So long as he continued to speak and work for his cause, in the case of Jesus, something similar must have been true. Wow. Um, so I think that's kind of, to me, that's where Jesus is at. He's not, it's not even so much going there saying, like, yes, he, he, he's going there knowing that it's going to lead to, to his yeah. death. And, and obviously there's, you know, fulfillment of prophecies and things like that that we draw. Mm-hmm. Um But I think it's really, like, this is the work. Like, this is what it meant to do that work. And he knew, I'm going to rub certain people the wrong yeah. way. I'm going to make enemies. But, you know, this is the possibility if I follow this path. Yeah. And so he still carried on that path.
0: Right on. I I, th- I think that's totally right, Rob, I, at least as far as I'm concerned. You know, the way I look at it is, is um, in a sense— the cross was God's will for Jesus, but that is because, you know, God and God's infinite knowledge and wisdom knows that when somebody like Jesus lives and loves and challenges injustice like he did, he knows how people in power. God knows how people in power will react to that, right? And that's how it ends. Um, so it's it's a it's a sort of a um, a, a densely woven web of how god's will relates to the cross but um i think that it's not as if god sent jesus to the cross in a vacuum right Right. (laughs) (laughs) it's because of the context Just check these boxes jesus okay (laughs) it's because of the context it's because of the people not just jesus's people i mean if if jesus was of any other race or tradition i think basically the same thing would have happened it's not particular to jews or even romans right it's particular to human beings human Mm. nature um that, that people in power uh, are, are threatened when um, the the way that they do things, which uh, profits them and uh, comes at the expense of others, uh, is challenged, and naturally they don't want um, they don't want that changed. Yeah, I mean, look yeah. at Jesus.
1: Ever since he was a baby, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's 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 seen as a threat by Herod, and and you know, all of a sudden babies That's are right. being killed because got to get rid of the threat. That's right. It's yeah. an
0: astonishing thing that somebody who never would have taking up a weapon, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so threatening to people who have all the weapons. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do we want to pop on to the, the, this next section Yeah, here? yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you said something that, I, I, like I said a few minutes ago, I think illuminates so much of this passage that follows on the cross and self-denial that for Jesus, it was not about him. He's thinking it's not about me, and now he's telling his followers, "It can't for you to follow me. It can't be about you. Mm-hmm. It's this is not uh, a quick ride to the top. I'm not offering, you know, in, in the, um, you know, in, in in the jargon of today, uh, self help tax uh, ha- hacks. <laughs> I'm not giving you, you know, health optimization. I'm not going to tell you how to win win friends and influence people." or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that people follow people for in today's world, um, which is not in some ways all that different than what people followed people in, in that world uh, were looking for, um, that this is a much, much, much different path. It's a stranger path. It looks like it leads to defeat. It looks like it costs you everything and gives you nothing back. But actually, it's the way to life, uh, the only life that truly matters, the only life that truly endures Um so this is in in a lot of ways um, of a piece with perennial spiritual wisdom i mean the the Buddhists talk about you know um, if if you want to be happy, let go of everything. yeah people usually seek happiness by trying to grab onto stuff but but how can we make sense of this because this even though this is perennial wisdom embedded in the traditions of the great traditions of the world, it still is not everyday wisdom. it is still not common sense for people in today's world so right. so how do you think about well, this
1: and and For me, this part of, of the reading is like the meat of it for me. I mean, there's all, all, you know, three sections of this really have some good stuff that you can read into. Um, but I love, what are the two things he says? He says, if you want to become my follower, so now he's right. He said, get behind me, follow Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. If you want to become my follower, you have to deny yourself, and you have to take up your cross. And, um, I think those are, are things that, uh, are tough for us in today's day and age, um, you know, because we're constantly thinking about ourselves and things like that. And um, I, I've, I, I think I even preached on saying this once, but, I, you know, I usually tell people, if, if you want a comfortable religion, don't be a Christian. Uh, like, if you really <laughs> want to follow Christ, it's not that comfortable. So true, yeah. Um, I was listening to someone the other day, and he said, uh, um, he said, you know, when I see things wrong in the world, I feel like I have to do something about it. I always, you always hear these news stories of something horrible happened and all these people were just standing by and let it happen. And, uh, and people said, well, yeah, but if you help, you're going to make enemies. You put a target on your own back. Right. right. And I think like Jesus is saying, like, again, you know, don't think of, of you like, you know, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. you got to let that part go. Um, and taking up a cross, um, now we think of people wearing crosses around their necks or they're hanging Mm -hmm. in their cars and, and. And I think it's lost a little bit of, of what the cross was. You know, it was mm. an ancient uh, device of public torture. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, our crosses that we bear, I don't think are, oh, uh, you know, it's really stressful with the kids and <laughs> I got to bear that cross. Oh, my yeah. job is just so overwhelming. Got to bear that cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are daily stresses. But I think the, the, the denying yourself... Um, Peter Peter always jokes, Father Peter always jokes, not this Peter in the Bible. Uh, but Father Peter always jokes about, you know, I wear these different T-shirts uh, all the time. I yeah. usually have some kind of a message. So I thought of, uh, what do I wear today? Okay. And yeah. for those who can't, who are listening to the audio version, you can't see it. But uh, And the full thing's really on the back. So even if you're watching YouTube right now, you don't see the whole thing. But it says, speak out on the front. And on the back, it, it has all these different examples of, um, you know, there was... Uh, this this story about gun violence that I heard, but it wasn't in my neighborhood, so I didn't speak out for it. Um, you know, the LGBTQ community was, you know, faced challenges on this, but my, you know, it didn't affect my own marital status, so I didn't speak out. And it goes on and on of mm-hmm. all these different uh, groups who face oppression. And then at the very end, it says, and then they came for me and there was no one to speak out for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that to me just spoke of this kind of self-denial. Yeah, like, yeah. like we have to be, we have to give up what's best, uh, you know, just thinking about
0: ourselves and mm-hmm. what is what is it for everyone else. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I think it connects really well to um, this language of of uh, denying oneself. Uh, elsewhere in the gospel, it's it's used uh, in a way that suggests it means like disowning mm. oneself. Um, Jesus uh, talks about. Um, how, uh, if, if people, um, you know, essentially live in a way that's counter to what he's calling people to, um, throughout, throughout the gospel narratives, uh, on the day of judgment, which is something we've obviously talked about on other podcasts and sure, I'm sure will again, but maybe we won't totally unpack that today, but in Matthew, there's this idea of a, of a judgment day, um, that's that, that runs throughout, Um, that that Jesus will um, deny certain people before his father. Now, uh, whatever it means, that has something to do with disowning, temporary, permanent conversation for another time. Right, right. But um, <laughs> but that language shows up again here, and um, Jesus is telling his people that to follow him means to. Um, Disown oneself as the center of one's existence. You cannot live for yourself, that you are to live for God, for Jesus, and um, perhaps even equally, we might say, as long as we sort of have god in the flow chart first uh but that um what it is to truly live for god is to live for god's creation to live and, and at least uh, as much as anything if not more for god's people uh, not just people who already believe and 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 follow god and are part of our religion or whatever but human beings right made in the image yeah. of god i mean i would say that creation in some ways is made in the image of god but again maybe a conversation for another time but um that uh, to to really uh, follow Jesus is to learn how to see as God sees, to will what God's wills wills, and what God wills is uh, for the good of everybody. Now, when we're just narrowly focused on our own good, there's no way we can see clearly. It distorts our vision. It gives us these, you know, these blinders. And so uh, when we're only seeking our own good, we can't actually achieve it, right? right? We might think we will by, you know, um, piling up money and possessions and status, um, and and even taking care of our own family or our own tribe, but when that comes at the expense of um, certainly uh, challenging uh, injustice or speaking out for people who are suffering, um, uh, but even when it comes at the expense of our, our just our connectedness to other people and our connectedness to the world, we're not happy, right. right? It might look like everything is clean and shiny and you know uh, uh, attractive on the outside. But um, at the very least, there's an inner emptiness. And a lot of people are very confused when they have everything or they seem to have everything, and yet they feel like, huh, is this it? <laughs> now that's the best version of it. It gets a lot worse. Right, right. But if you really want to come alive on the inside, and this world word that Jesus is using here for life is uh, psyche in, mm. in Greek, and uh, it, it can also be translated soul. Uh, so Jesus is not just talking about, you know, Like physical biological life he's talking about inner spiritual life sort of the spark that that without which our physical life isn't really worth much um so jesus is showing us how to really come alive it's counterintuitive but um to seek our own good we have to first seek the good of all
1: yeah yeah well and and you know it's this 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 language of um of dying to something, you know. Yeah, those, indeed. Those who seek it, you know, you know, you find life in Jesus. Die to yourself, or die to these other things. And Nadia bowles weber had this, uh, who's a great, you know, pastor and mm-hmm. author that I, I love to, to listen to. Um, and and her her book, Pastrix. She uh, she says like it's so infuriating to hear Jesus say like I have to die to this and you know do this and mm-hmm. and all these tough things to follow. And she's really tough. And, and even though I kind of resist that. When I do, I find that I gained more life, more freedom, and all these things than I would have if if I had kept resisting that, you know, following this path, yeah. following God in the first place. And, uh, Absolutely. and so then
0: that really spoke to me. Yeah. I think that's a great note to end on.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're okay. free
0: to stop listening to this podcast now, <laughs> and we hope that it has brought you some life. Uh, thank you, Rob, for sitting in. We're, you're going to be sitting in more now yeah, for, the, for the next stretch Yeah, you're going to be stuck with me for least. a little bit.
1: We'll see. Yeah. Well, I really <laughs>
0: look forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, me too. This is fun. Yeah, until next time, have a great week.